Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One. Hi, everyone. You are seeing the face of Otis Livingston, the sports director of Channel 2 in New York, WCBS. Uh, blockbuster trade uh, last night in the NBA uh, involving Boston, Memphis, and um, and Washington. Um, I don't know if you reacted to it one way or the other, but Marcus Smart's one of the best defensive guards in the league. I was surprised that Boston let him walk. Well, they, that just goes as to tell you how much they think of Christos Porzingis, you know, that they think that he's probably the missing piece uh, to a championship run. Um, I think Marcus Smart going to Memphis is just going to add to that team that's already on edge, that's already got some characters, you know, that are, are defensive oriented, that are a little bit chippy, you know. Um, I feel like he's going to add to that and the, and the grit and uh you know, with, with John Morant getting that 25-game suspension right off the bat, maybe uh, a veteran like Marcus Smart can help this team get out of the blocks uh, a little bit quicker without their uh, superstar. So, um, yeah, I, I was surprised that he was a part of the deal. Um, it sounds like Mar Malcolm Brogdon uh, and his injury uh, history and, and his current injury status, I guess, was was a deal-breaker for the uh, Clipper portion of that uh, trip, uh, of that three-way uh, deal. So, um, yeah, I, I think Boston feels like they are the best team in the Eastern Conference and that they can uh, challenge Denver and some of the best teams out of the West for an NBA championship now that they made this move. Well, the thing that does surprise me, look, Robert Williams, my old partner, Cornbread Maxwell, has big, been a big Robert Williams guy, but he's been injured quite a bit this past season. Yeah. And then you got uh, Al Horford, who plays at center sometimes. But again, he's an aging player. Right. They, they bring in Christoph Porzingis, who gives them inside, outside. He can shoot the three. Uh, and also with his size, he can block shots. They didn't have, up to this point, really didn't have a great passing center in Boston. I think that was part of their problem. Plus, there's a financial side to this thing, too. They're going to have to pay Jalen Brown. And so they, they're going to have to watch that bottom line, right? Yeah, they definitely do. Um uh, you, you know, you talked about Robert Williams and, and his injury history. What about Christoph Porzingis? Yeah. You know, he's been injury prone. Um, and the taller guys, they end up, what, with feet problems, leg, knees, all that sort of thing. So you have to watch that. So this is a big investment. This is a big risk for them. As Like I said, as they try to push themselves over the over the hump, you know, after losing to an eight seed in the uh, Eastern Conference Final this year. Um, so... I think there's a lot of question marks. I mean, people are automatically vaulting them to the top of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, on paper, but we have to see it play out on the court. You know, there's a lot of teams that, uh, let, let's say, if, if Giannis wasn't injured during the playoffs, that Milwaukee team is darn good with him, you know, a, a former uh, MVP. Um, they could have won the Eastern Conference. So there's a lot of ifs up going up in the air, but I, I think right now they have built – 
a stronger team. We just have to see how, how it plays out on the court. There's another side to this that nobody's talking about, uh, and that's Derek White. Uh, they think a lot of him. And so now this opens up the door for him to get more playing time. Yeah, it definitely does. It also, I, I think it also opens the door for, uh, I think Peyton Pritchard is going to get more time. I know they're really, really high on him, the guard out of Oregon. Uh, we'll see what Mac, Malcolm Brogdon does now. Um, I guess he'll go from the bench to the starting lineup and and all of a sudden, uh, there's more pressure on him, you know, because for them to to part with a guy like Marcus Smart and create a spot for him, that, that's a lot, you know, because Marcus Smart is beloved in, in uh, Boston. Like you said, a defensive player of the year, that 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 leader that they that they don't all, always have. You know what I mean? Jalen Brown, uh, Justin, uh, um, Jalen, uh, uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Right? Yeah, right. Jason Tatum. Those are talented players, but. Some of the times they don't come through with the with the the leadership that they're now going to be leaving uh, losing without uh, Marcus Smart. So, um, yeah, Derek White, they fell in love with him over the over the course of the playoffs as well. You know, a great shooter from the San Antonio Spurs that they acquired and and, and stepped into that role valiantly. Um, so uh, a lot of these guys going to have to, you know, they're going to have to step up to that next level because that's what happens when you trade a star or. Uh, uh, all-star or, or high caliber type player on your team other guys that they keep they have to step up you know they got to move down a chair you got to you know now you're, you're more into the to the spotlight so we'll see how they handle that yeah I've been rooting for Marcus Smart since he was in college because of one incident when he was at Oklahoma State uh, he uh, his momentum carried him under the basket into the stands and he ran into a guy uh, and nobody knew this until Marcus Smart said it but the guy made some racial overtones in his direction. Yeah. And he went after the guy. Yeah. And he got ejected from the game. Yeah. And then when the truth came out, the fan, a big supporter of the team, uh, he had his season tickets removed. So ever since that day, I've been rooting for Market Smart to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, and, and you know, that was, that hung over him for a long time. Um, that was now his reputation going into the stands, uh, being belligerent, attacking a fan and all that kind of stuff. And like you said, once that, um, came out, uh, oops, uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, <laughs> no, but the, but the fan was, was definitely, uh, punished for that as he should have been. But, um, I've always liked Marcus Smart as well because he just plays with an edge. He's got a toughness, you know, he's not the yeah. most talented player. Um, he has talent, obviously. He's made himself into a, a good, decent three-point shooter. Um, he attacks the glass. And on defense, you know, he's he's out there. He's he's grinding. He's a bulldog. He's and a guy that can play, play on my team any day. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, yeah. In addition to that, Celtics also got two number one picks, one this year, one next year. Uh, we don't know how that's going to develop. But uh, let's talk about the Knicks. Uh, you know, the Knicks during the offseason so far have been quiet. How long do you expect them to remain quiet in terms of player movement? That's a, that's a good one, man. I, I really don't know. Um, they don't obviously have a pick in tonight's draft. Um, I don't know if, if they're interested in making a move because I, I don't feel like they are one player away right now. You know, they definitely have to add a superstar. They also have to add some kind of glue guys, you know, that just makes plays, um, so some of those type of guys that we saw 
during Miami's run with Caleb Martin and, and Gabe Vincent. And, you know, just that, that can just make plays, you know, they need that type of player. Um, and they need somebody that's going to be a, a, a steady running mate with Jalen Brunson who proved himself this year, as, as we talked about before the season last year, once they made that deal, I wasn't as high on it. I, I didn't know how good he was going to be. Well, now I know. I know how good Jalen Brunson is. He's an all-star caliber guard. He's a lead guard. He can score it. He can set other people up. He's just he's, he's that guy that's now you you got your your big piece in play in place. You have to wonder about Julius Randle. You have to run, wonder about R.J. Barrett. Are they going to be able to bring it every single night? You know, um, I'm not exactly sure when they're going to start. I, I don't anticipate them doing anything before tonight, you know, before tonight's draft or, or getting into the draft. Um, uh, uh, obviously, that's a big topic here in New York. So I'll be watching. But I, ju I just don't have a clue as to as to when they'll start moving. Hey, Otis, help me out here, because um, I only heard uh, rumors of what was supposedly a face to face confrontation between Obi Toppin and Tom Thibodeau. What was all that about? Playing time. You know, uh, I think Ob is 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 starting to get fed up with the sporadic nature of sometimes you play minutes, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you play a few minutes, you pull you out, you don't play the rest of the game. You know, um, young players like that um, who are who are becoming older players now. I think he's about twenty five, um, but hasn't had a serious um, role, consistent role. You know. I know I'm going to get this amount of minutes every single night, you know, maybe he hasn't earned it. I think a lot of people uh, automatically assume that he's being held back. Well, you know how it is, um, Howard, you've been around the NBA, you've been, you've been broadcasting, you know, what goes on in practice. Um, a lot of times the fans don't see that. They just assume that somebody's being held back. Well, sometimes the coaches know what they see in practice and they don't want to put that out on the court all the time. You know, he has to earn that. So I'm kind of playing it right down the middle, not pro player, not pro coach. I don't know what the situation is, but I know that it came to a head. Um, I believe it was after game four of the Miami Heat series. So right. uh, I, I think uh, Obi could be someone who's on the move. You know, you talked about when they would do or what move they would make he could be someone who's and he's talked and he's been talked about in trade rumors as well which up until now have been just rumors but you know once you once something like this gets out who knows what what if, if that's the thing that that gets him on the move he's otis livingston the sports director of channel two in new york in your role uh in new york let's face it it's a hot media market but yeah. on top of that you also have what seven pro sports teams in New York, and so sometimes you get to be like a juggler you know, <laughs> and all these balls in the air at the same time. If you had to guess, and I'm not going to hold you to it, if you had to guess which of the seven pro teams in New York is the closest to a championship. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, it's actually nine, right? You got three hockey, right? You got two basketball, two baseball, and two football. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, you just added two more teams to my plate. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, wow, that's, that's a great question. Well, let's look at it. You got I mean, Mets, and like, Mets and Yankees. I don't think so. I mean, I need to see the rest of these guys around Aaron Judge actually step up and play because if he's going to be injured, they can't. They 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 have to at least steady the ship. 
you can't go under, you know, because he has had injuries in the past. This is no guarantee that once he comes back from this toe injury, he doesn't get hurt again. You know, guys like John Carlos Stanton, Anthony Rizzo, uh, Mayhew, they, they're not having their typical years and they need that. So in my estimation, and I know to New York fans is blasphemous, but I don't know if the Yankees are that the contending team that we thought before the season. Um, the Mets speaks for itself. Uh, I think the excitement surrounding the New York Jets right now. Yeah. With Aaron Rodgers. I think, I mean, I'd have to say that that would be the closest because this was a team that was in the playoff hunt uh, all the way up until I think the second or third to last week with that quarterback room that they had. And that was the main problem. So if Aaron Rodgers, if you know, you thinking uh, logically, if he's the type of player that he was, even though he's not coming off his MVP season, but before that year, he had two straight MVP seasons. So if he's up to Aaron Rodgers standard, obviously I, I think that's the team. That's the way I look at it right now. And if you look at the seasons, after baseball's over, that's the one that's coming up. That's the closest to a championship, which will be in February. That's the Super Bowl. So um, I think they're the closest um, if everything it works out with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting, Otis. The other day I'm watching uh, ESPN and Mike Tenenbaum, the former general manager of the Jets, yeah. was on. And he yeah. said, if the New England Patriots pick up DeAndre Hopkins, they are the best team in the AFC East. And I'm looking at the screen and I'm saying – Somebody's putting something in that man's coffee. <laughs> I mean, are you serious? And keep it away from me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Buff Buffalo, the Jets, and Miami are all better than New England right now. They, they get are. DeAndre Hopkins. It's not going to change anything. Look, DeAndre Hopkins is a good receiver, mm -hmm. but his best days are behind him. Right. He's. Right. I mean, he was good with Kyler Murray. What's he going to be with Mac, Mac Jones? Mac Jones. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what Tannenbaum was talking about, but I just don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, those those three teams, uh, the the other three teams are are just better. You know, they are, and 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 just as you said, it, that's not going to make that big of a difference. You know, there's still holes on that team. Obviously, with Miami, the question is Tua, his his health, his safety, whatever it is, can they protect him? Can they keep him upright? Because when they when he was upright, he was an MVP caliber player and the Dolphins were a Super Bowl contending team when he wasn't there we saw what happened you know and now they have a uh, Magic Mike White as a backup for him right now and we only see Magic Mike his MO the last couple of years has been sensational first game and the second second game that he gets in and then hurt the third game so <laughs> it was that's the way it played out for him so uh of course that Buffalo that they're the class of the division right now um and the Jets, again, with, with, with Aaron Rodgers, they, you have to give them a thumbs up. You know, they have to be in the top three as well. Look, Jet fans have been poisoned for, for what, 13 years they haven't been to the playoffs. Uh, and so they're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. he's probably going to rupture his Achilles in game one. <laughs> in training camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm getting to the point where it's laughable. I go to my doctor the other day for a routine checkup, and he's a huge Jet fan. And he says... Aaron Rodgers is going to tear his Achilles. I said, Doc, stop. You're killing me. <laughs> and even my own family, my grandson, who's a 17-year-old kid, yep. he's a huge Jet fan. He's waiting for the other shoe to drop because this is what we have been conditioned to seeing with this Jet team over the last dozen years at least. But 
let's be real. The Jets won seven games last year without a quarterback. Exactly. Now they've got arguably top five quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. No, I mean, but but like you said, you know, Jet fans have been scarred. They've been hurt before, you know, and and, and they have the uh, the the opinion of of we can't have nice things. Something's going to happen here. So uh, obviously, you know, I understand why they're like that. But, you know, this is the time to to enjoy it, to really uh, hope, you know, and wish for the things that in the past few years haven't even been or the past decade or so hasn't been even attainable or thinkable. You have an opportunity now. Don't uh, uh, don't keep going back to, oh, it's not going to work out. Oh, this, that, you know, that and the other, you know, just just enjoy what the ride right now. Yeah. So what what's considered success? Uh, do they make the playoffs and win a first round game? Uh, nothing is going to be successful in any way at all. I mean, where's the where's the line that you that you draw i think a lot of times when you've been starving when you've been uh dehydrated you know in your mind you want the whole drink you want everything right there you, you know once you finally get your parched but you have to take baby steps as well obviously with aaron Rodgers, playoffs it, that has to happen you have to make the playoffs. It can't be a because again, you got close to that last year with half a quarterback, basically. Um, when you add up Mike White and, and uh, Zach Wilson and, and Joe Flacco, <laughs> so um, I think win a game, win a couple games, depending on what the. I think a lot of times too, you have to take into consideration what the situation is too. How do you enter the playoffs? Because if you enter a playoffs and you're the number one seed somehow over Kansas City and Buffalo, you got to get to the bowl. You got to get yeah. there. You know what I mean? Um, so it depends on how you get there as well. It depends on the matchups, you know, which we won't know until obviously the playoffs start. Um, but I believe that the floor is you got to make the playoffs with the with the additions, with the the Green Bay Packers uh, team coming east. <laughs> and Lazard and Hackett and and all those guys, uh, Randall Cobb, um, that came along with with Aaron. You you got to make the playoffs, and and depending on what your seating is, and and really you you can also see a team that stumbles into the playoff as well, right? So you know that they're probably not long for the postseason. They're they're going to get clipped at some point. Um, well, but if you're but if you're rolling into the playoffs and you're a high seed and, you know, maybe you've already beaten Kansas City because they play them this year. Then we'll see, you, you know, that that's when the expectations have to change. Look, uh, Rogers is walking into a wide receiver room that's got a lot of talent. Definitely. Uh, do they have any interest in DeAndre Hopkins? I don't think so. I, I don't think that I don't think that's an area they should be looking. But the running back from Minnesota, that's kind of intriguing. However. You got to wonder about uh, Brees Hall, who, who has started out to have a great year, and then of course he had a serious injury. Yeah. But he's at the top of your your uh, your depth chart right now. Michael yeah. Carter's right behind him. You got Zonovan as the number three guy. Do they need another running back? Uh do they need it? That that that's a solid room, because don't forget when Brees went down, and then they they got. Uh, Zonovan off the practice squad, he came in and he hit the ground running. I mean, he had some monster games. So that's three really good. I, I've always have an affection for, for Michael Carter. 
Um, I really like him. I think his toughness. Um, and I, and I think his, uh, you know, the, the size, just being able to, I'm always for the underdog, you know what I mean? And, and he would fit that bill coming in. Um, and I, I think he's had a solid career so far. Um, he did drop some passes last year. He did fumble football in, in, in the key spot, you know, things like that. But uh, I think that's a solid room. And, you know, it depends on what, what makeup they want to have for that, for that team overall, if they, if they, if, if they needed another running back or not, I like what they have already. Is he going to add to the room? Of course. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, they have two good tight ends. Uh, we still are unsure about the offensive line, which I thought was the biggest question they have going into this season. How is that all going to play out? Yeah. Uh, they can, if they can solve that problem, then look, and there's also pressure. The pressure is, how long do you have Aaron Rodgers for one year, two years uh, beyond that? I mean, it, that's a huge question mark, right? Yeah. I'm thinking too. Um, I don't know. He he might want to pull a Tom Brady and play forever. Um, but I'm thinking two years to really get it done, you know, and they have pieces in place. Obviously the offensive line um, is going to be a key because defensively outside of, I, I thought they got worn down last year um too much time on the field remember they could there was like a stretch of six or seven games where they could not get a turnover you know and I thought that was unfortunate but I thought that was a a, a uh it was caused by the fact that they were getting worn out you know they just weren't making plays they were on the field a lot you know uh think about how how tough that must be to get off the field get ready to get a glass a cup of Gatorade and all of a sudden you got to go back out before you even drink it so um, yeah, the offensive line is going to be key because, you know, Aaron, again, just like I talked about too, Aaron needs to be upright. He's going to make really good decisions. You know, uh, his, his interception ratio is ridiculous, you know, all time great. You know, he does not throw, give away the football that in that way. Um, so he's got the pieces in place. I, I want to see, I expect Garrett Wilson to take a, another step you know, in, in his second season, just like I, I, I expect Sauce Gardner to take another step because they seem like guys that even though they were the offensive and defensive rookies of the year, they don't rest on their laurels. Right. You know, they seem like guys that that love the attention, love the limelight and everything like that. But behind the scenes are going to put in the work to uh, it was, it was kind of like myself when I played basketball, I always felt like when I got accolades, it was like, okay, that's great. But now it's time to prove why I got those accolades, why people think highly of me, things of that nature. And I think that those are two guys that are like that. So I anticipate, you know, them taking steps forward too. But what about the Giants? Um, the Giants are in a very difficult division now. You got the Eagles who, went, who went, went to the Super Bowl last year. You got the Dallas Cowboys who are going to be a factor. And don't turn your back on Washington. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be a very competitive division how good can the Giants be? And of course, the big question mark is Saquon Barkley. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, back in the day, uh, man, running backs were just more highly valued, you know, as far as the contracts, as far as uh, the attention, um, keeping them around for a long time. You know, the fact that he could possibly be on his way out after, what, four seasons? That's that's a lot. You know, that's a lot to to to, to handle. Um, I think that they're gonna. I think that they're still negotiating that they'll they'll come to some kind of agreement. I hope so because he's a good kid, hard worker. He's what a giant to me is. You know, he exemplifies that. Um, 
Giants made the playoffs last year, which was which was huge. But when you saw them go up against Philly in the postseason, mm. it was not even close. It just showed you light years away from from that type of contention. But as you know, things can turn around in a season. Uh, players that you didn't think would be much all of a sudden are players or draft picks turn into something special. Quarterbacks take leaps, which they, I'm sure they hope that that Danny Dimes does that. You know, they had to lock him up first and then deal with Saquon. It couldn't be the other way around. You know, they had to take care of the quarterback because that's the that's the MO. Um, so, yeah, that's a tough division. Um, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they can put it all together, not only get back to the playoff, but but be a serious contender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it definitely does. It starts with locking up uh, or, or, or Saquon Barkley being happy and coming back and being an integral part of that offense. Let me go back to, to Mets and Yankees for a second, because that's where we are right now in the middle of baseball season. Yep. Uh, what I think that the Mets are disappointment, I guess so. But they have Pete Alonso for a while. He comes back last night, hits a home run, yep. uh, but they lose. Yep. And having a hard time getting consistency from Verlander and Scherzer which has got to be a huge problem for a team that counted on these two guys. And let's go, let's go to Edwin Diaz. They lose him at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And everybody thought, well, that's, that's, that's it. That's a death blow. But now I'm hearing and, and talking to uh, some people that cover the Mets that he's starting to throw. Wow. So you may see him again. Woo. That's a lot, man. I, I, I thought he was tucked away for the year. Um, and you kind of get reserved, uh, resigned to the fact that you won't have them and trying to piecemeal it together or, or counting on someone else to, again, take a step up into that position. Um, that would be interesting to see him. You know, I I, I, uh, I had not heard that, um, but that would be a lot of encouragement. I, obviously, he'd have to get up back up to speed. Um, there's a lot of baseball left in this season. I'm not sure where he is or how soon he could be back. Um, if I'm the Mets... I'm thinking as if he's not going to be here. We got to play without him. We got to play to our, the best of our ability. And 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 then if if he does come back, you're pleasantly surprised and you've been able to win games in his absence and put yourself in a position, in a better position than they currently are right now. They, they just can't seem to get everything going at the same time. That, no. that's that that really seems to be a problem you know key has even even yesterday's game um it was it was typical it was uh, against houston they caught up and you knew in the next inning they would be down <laughs> and, right. and Houston comes back scores a couple runs and it's like oh told you you know that's that whole back to the we can't have nice things again you know because this would have been a nice win it would have uh, meant that they got a, a series victory, two out of three against Houston, you know, which you can build upon going into a day off. It would have been their first series win in three weeks. You know, it's just kind of the type of things that, that can spur you on a little bit or give you something to hang your hat on. But in typical fashion for this year, not the 101 wins last year, but for this year, you know, they they ended up losing it, you know, giving it up in the bullpen and then ultimately couldn't score that run or two that they needed to uh, get the victory. Yeah. And then they got to play Philadelphia now for three games, which is going to be very difficult, obviously Uh, having a conversation. I've known Bob Costas a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, And I had a conversation with him uh, a couple of days ago. We were talking, he's a huge baseball guy. Yeah. And so he grew up a a Yankee fan. We got to talking about the Yankees and so on. And I said to him, 
uh, he almost did a double take. I said, if I were the Yankees, I would trade John Carlos Stanton in a heartbeat. He said, why? I said, he strikes out twice a game. He hits a home run every other game. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's not even every other game. I mean, it's every other game that he makes contact. I mean, it's 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 tough to watch, you know. Um, something about his physique, something about it just does. I mean, when he makes connection, yes, it goes far. It goes a long way. You know, it's, most of the time it's a no doubter. But man, it's not he, enough. it almost looks like he's swinging a, a, an oar, you know, like. <laughs> It, it just it just doesn't look right and and uh it's not the the guy that they paid all that money for you know yep. and it's 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 coming to fruition on the back end of the contract that it's not worth it you know with with the output and the performance that he's been able to give and it, it's tough to watch again the type of guy that when they're both in the in the lineup Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton and if Rizzo's going now you got you know you really got some you, sure. you know Mayu who was a machine you know they have the pieces but guys aren't living up to the back of their baseball cards right now well and getting back to the conversation I had with Costas he Tuesday night he did uh Braves and Phillies I think it was and so I texted him before the game I said do a good job because he, he knows I'm a Braves fan I said, uh -huh. do a good, he said, do a good, I said, do a good job. He said, I'll try my best. And I said, nah, you're pretty good. I'll, <laughs> I'll put you in the category with Scully and Barber and, and Harry Carey, you know, he goes, well, that's high praise. I appreciate that. I said, look, just get the job done. I want to see the break. So anyway, I texted him. There was a controversial play at home plate mm -hmm. and they sent it to review. And my wife's watching the game and she goes, oh, he's safe. And I said, oh, I think he's out. So she said, well, let's bet on it. And I said, okay, I bet my wife a dollar. Okay. And he he was he was safe. So I lost the bet. Yeah. So Costas says, interesting, you're betting with your wife. I said, Bob, we have no life. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so so he said, all he said was a two-letter phrase. Ha. <laughs> oh my gosh. What was it? Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, Bob is is one of the best. Uh, I really like him a lot. And when I worked at NBC, um, I got to see him for a few Olympics and, and around the building at uh, 30 Rock a number of times. Really, really good guy. And one of those guys that I, I grew up with, you know, obviously one of the voices uh, of my growing up childhood almost, you know, um, with with him. Um, so it was it was a treat to actually work with him and to get to know him a little bit. Yeah, help me out. The Olympics, the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. Do you remember the date? I want to say 90, could it be 92? Was Salt Lake City? Event? Yeah. Uh, it was in the 90s, I think. It was the, the one that I know about is 2002. Okay. No, you're right. It is. Yeah, it was. It was 2002. Okay. Yeah. So I'm covering it for CBS Radio doing reports from the site. And our studio is across the hall from NBC. So I see Costas in the hallway. And my wife was with me and they were playing like music in the hallway. Uh, a lot of Motown music. Mm -hmm. Here's my wife, Phyllis and Costas dancing in the hallway. I said, excuse me. <laughs> Can I have this dance? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? We're in a business where you, if you don't have fun, you're in the wrong business, right? No doubt, man. And, and you got to love it. You know what I mean? It's It's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? And some, some, I think a lot of guys uh, 
uh, pretend that it is or act like they are, you know, more, you know, they're bigger than life or bigger than the profession. But I've always considered myself to be fortunate, blessed um, to be in the position that I am in the position I've been for, you know, now um, 24 years in New York uh, alone. Wow. So it's been it's been a heck of a ride. I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to keep riding it to the wheels fall off, too. Um, so I, I've always felt that I've been blessed and fortunate to be in the spot that I am. So, yeah, you got to have fun with it. Yeah. Before I let you go, yeah. my first year in the business, I'm broadcasting Princeton football and basketball. And there was a game at Princeton one night. And after the game was over, my wife and I are walking out of Jadwin Gym. And a uh, kid comes up to me and he asked me for my autograph. I'm in my first year of broadcasting. <laughs> so, I mean, he said he wants my autograph. And I was dumb. I turned him down. Uh. And my wife says to me as I'm walking away, why would you do that? The kid wanted your autograph. Give it to him. So, you know what? I ran after the kid and I apologized to him and his father and I, and I signed the autograph for him. Now, I'm going to put it on Otis Livingston. People know who you are in New York. And so they come up, you, you're out to, you, uh, to dinner with your wife, Nikki, and you go to a restaurant in New York. And somebody comes up to you and starts talking to you about Otis Livingston, sportscaster. Uh, do you welcome those conversations uh, as they happen? Uh, how do you react? I've, I've heard a lot of stories about that happening before and like people wanting to carry on and on and on. Um, I have not had those type of situations. Most of the time it's mainly, hey, I like what you do or, hey, I watch you or, you know, and they may ask a question or, or two, but the prolonged where it becomes an annoyance or a nuisance. I've never really had any of those. I think um, I've been fortunate because, um, yeah, I, I probably I probably wouldn't entertain it for too long because it's a special night. It's me and my wife. We're out, you know, things of that nature. But again, I, I, as I told you, Howard, I feel blessed. I feel I'm happy that people know that. You know what I mean? I I like it. You know, a lot. Now it does get a little crazy in the gym because I think people are more. Or, or, or less considerate, you know, because it's not dinner. It's not you and your family. It's just you sitting there working out. They may come over and spend about 20 minutes and you're in between sets. And you're like, uh, how do I, uh, how do I get out of this one? You know, <laughs> but overall, man, I love it. I love talking sports. I love, you know, the fact that, that people watch us, you know, that they like what I do, that they think it's interesting or funny or whatever it is, you know, I, I just, you know, no, I just, I just feel, I, I usually just feel fortunate and blessed to, to have that opportunity. Well, keep up the great work, my man. You stay safe. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. As always, you too. He is Otis Livingston, sports director of Channel 2 in New York. Does a great job night in and night out. Uh, and he's just, he's just a good guy on so many levels. And it's, it's always fun talking to him. We've been out socially and it's always been a lot of fun. Uh, one quick thing before I, I, I walk away from this particular podcast today the celtics memphis washington trade marcus smart's one of the best defensive if not the best defensive guard in the nba but the celtics came up short last year and one of the things they were missing in their run in the playoffs was size now they got porzingis uh now let's keep in mind that he's had an injury history now he's coming off his probably his best year of his career so they're going on the Porzingis we have seen recently. That's fine. Uh, are they good enough to win the East? Yes. Can they go all the way? Well, of course. 
Are they done moving players? I'm not sure. I would not have any reason to know that. But in addition to getting Porzingis, they also picked up two number one picks, one this year and one next year from Memphis. Um, Memphis, uh, you, you see what's going on with, with Marcus Smart, and he's going to go to Memphis. Now, they won't have John Moran for 25 games. That's a big deal. Uh, is it going to kill their season? Probably, because you don't have your best player for almost half the year. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? Having said that, look, Porzingis, when, when he was originally drafted by the Knicks, he was going to be the next guy that was going to take the Knicks to the championship. Didn't work out. Phil Jackson moved him. What are you going to do? These things happen. When it comes to trades, I, I think trades are over-evaluated early. Uh, we don't pay enough attention to it long-term. Uh, sometimes a trade can make the difference between a team winning a championship and not. Keep one thing in mind. In all of sports, good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find ways to lose. I'm Howard David. Thanks for being a part of Howard David Live and a bite of the Big Apple. Thanks to Otis Livingston, my man from WCBS Channel 2 in New York. You stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.